love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, one of the realities of our existence is that every life knows its ups and downs. Uh, every life has its highs and lows. Every life has its good and not so good. Uh, life happens to each of us, and when life happens, sometimes stuff happens. And when stuff happens, we ought to hold in remembrance the providence of God. For through it all, God will keep us, he will sustain us, and he will bless us. Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 81, verse 1, he says, Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. And isn't it good that God gives us reason to rejoice, whatever our circumstances may be? And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. I want to give you a spoiler alert uh, concerning the message this morning. Uh, one of the challenges uh, of preaching the gospel is that when we come together in a crowd like this, uh, you, you address so many different uh, people in so many different uh, uh, circumstances or, or, or positions in their living. Uh, everybody in the audience is not married. Everybody in the audience is not a parent. Uh, some people are going through storms. Some people have been in fair weather. Uh, so you have all of that factoring in when you try to put a message together. Uh, then on top of that, that, there are things that people may be going through uh, that I'm just not suited to address. Uh, you know, nobody's an expert in, in everything, and I would venture that aside from Jesus, nobody's an expert in anything. Uh, but there may be some things that I can relate because I've been through them. Uh, but sometimes people are dealing with things, and somebody say, why don't you preach about, because I'm not suited to preach about that. I, and I'm not saying we don't need to hear preaching on it. It, it just may lay outside of what God has blessed me uh, to be able to address. Now, having said that, you try to uh, uh, accommodate uh, you know, as many people as you can and as many things as you can. Uh, so sometimes I, I just think it wise sometime to, I, I don't want to say target a certain group, but uh, just make sure nobody's overlooked. Uh, quite often the messages are not necessarily geared for our young people, uh, but I appreciate that our young people are a very vital part of the congregation. And so young people, if we don't get you every Sunday, we're going to try to get you today. Uh, and you can tell the older folk this time I knew what he was talking about. So as we uh, consider the text that we have before us here in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, I, I want to read again verse number 16. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 16, Paul writes, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Based on the words of the apostle here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, we want to use this morning as a subject, different crews and different shoes. And as we consider the text that we have here in 2 Corinthians 6, uh, no doubt some of you are wondering about the correlation between the title and the text. 
Is there any correlation between the title uh, and the text? Well, walk with me, if you will, as we search the scriptures, and prayerfully you'll see the connection uh, before the conclusion of this message. I, I believe that I have stood here and said before that uh, I not only want to teach what Jesus taught, but I want to teach as Jesus taught. Uh, you know, if you, you follow the example of Jesus, it's hard to go wrong. If you speak the things that he spoke and use the methods that he used, I just believe God will be pleased uh, uh, with what you do. And Jesus would take everyday things uh, to which his hearers could relate, and he would use those things to teach spiritual truths and spiritual principles. Now, usually when I do this, I use something that those of us that are older can relate to and tell those of us uh, that are younger to ask their elders. But I want to reverse that this morning and use something to which the younger can probably relate and tell those of us that are older, ask somebody that's younger. The title of this morning's message comes from a song that is as near as I can tell by my research about 10 years old. Uh, this would put my son right on the preteen years, and, and he was actually my consultant uh, uh, for this message. I, I had to ask somebody younger, because uh, I don't know the fella that sang the song. If he fell on me out of a tree, I still couldn't tell you who it was that, that knocked me down. But, but, but allow me to digress for a moment before we uh, uh, deal with 2 Corinthians 6. I, I submit to you that the successful life will embrace two important truths. A and the first of these is that God is always right. Uh, Solomon declares, or rather it is declared in Proverbs 30 verse 5, that every word of God is pure. God is always right. Thus, we, we would do well when we hear him to obey his word. Uh, you remember, mankind's trouble started from disobeying the word of God. You remember back in the Genesis account, God told Adam expressly uh, that they could eat of every tree except the one in the midst of the garden. And sure as we are human, the one tree God said we couldn't have uh, was the one that we wanted. The second principle is that to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Now in Proverbs 22 verse 3, Solomon says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I, I submit to you that everything doesn't have to be learned from experience. A wise man will learn from the counsel and experience of others. Uh, you know, I don't have to run through a pothole just to learn that it will bust your tire. I, I can learn that from somebody who's already been through a pothole. And, and sometimes we are forewarned by the counsel of those who have wisdom and experience. That's a polite way of saying it's good sometimes to listen to people. You know, sometimes when people give me advice, they know what they're talking about. I, I'm not that rare individual that has figured out everything, and, and nobody knows anything that I don't know. So having uh, stated those two principles, I, I submit to you that life is a journey. We all have destinations we would like to reach. And, and if you don't have any destinations you would like to reach, I can assure you, you will reach it. 
Everybody has some destination. And, and, and prayerfully, we have some spiritual aspirations. Maybe I, I won't be an elder or, or, or a deacon or a minister, but prayerfully, we have some aspirations about working in God's kingdom, about God using me in his service to be a blessing to others. Uh, maybe you have some educational aspirations or some social or financial aspirations. Everybody has a destination they would like to reach. Now let me try to deal uh, 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 with this title. Uh, uh, there is a song, uh, I won't say who the fellow is because I'm not altogether sure who he is and I don't want you to take that as an endorsement. Uh, 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 but from the song, one of the lyrics, he's got somebody helping him. Uh, and the fellow that sings with him in this song says, I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. If life is a journey, and we all have destinations we'd like to reach, whether or not we reach our destination is dependent in part on who we choose to travel with. That's your crew. Now, now, for the uninitiated, you, you know, and, and young people talk, uh, uh, your young crew, that, that's just your circle of friends, that, your, your associates, the, the people that you choose to travel life's journey with. And everybody has a crew. Now, you know, even Jesus had, had a crew. Now, now, we know them better as the 12 apostles. Uh, but in Mark 3 and verse number 14, the Bible says he ordained 12 to be with him. Jesus chose a crew. But I submit to you further, if life is a journey and we all have destinations we'd like to reach, whether or not we reach our destination is also dependent in part on how we choose to travel. Now, that's your shoes. Your, your, your shoes, uh, just understand that to mean my, my conduct, my behavior. And so when the fella says, I, I got a small circle, I'm not with different crews, he realizes everybody isn't a good person to associate with. I, I, I gotta be careful about who I call my friend because whether or not we care to admit it, we are subject to the influence of the things and the people that we expose ourselves to. He, he further understands that it matters how I live my life because choices have consequences. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in the overall context of 2 Corinthians 6, I believe one of the messages that the Holy Spirit wants us to get is don't waste a golden opportunity. And somebody said, now preacher, how do you arrive at that conclusion? Well, look with me at verse number one. He says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. To be a recipient of the grace of God is to be blessed with a golden opportunity. The, the opportunity to live a life that glorifies God. But appreciate that opportunity can be wasted by bad associations and poor choices. And, and, and when I say that, that's not just for young folk. Uh, uh, there are some old people that would do well to heed. Uh, I, I need to use some wisdom, some discernment, and who I choose to spend my time with and, and how I travel through life. Now, Paul, speaking by the Holy Spirit, informs us that relationships play a critical part of our spiritual and social well-being. And when we look at 2 Corinthians 6, I, I, I submit to you that the principles here stated 
have a bearing on all interpersonal relationships. So when we talk about life being a journey, I, I believe that everyone, at least verbally, prefers success to failure. But success, if we understand the true definition of the word, is about achieving one's potential. Success is not about doing as well as you did. God may not have blessed me with the same ability that he blessed you. Success is when I maximize the ability that God has given me. Uh, you remember the parable of the talents? One fella got five and another got two and, and a third got one. I would say that the fella that got two talents was every bit as successful as the fella that got five. He maximized his potential. He did what he was capable of doing. I just believe if I do what I'm capable of doing, even if that's not uh, 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 as much as your capability is, that that is reason for me to say I've been successful. I, I've done to the uh, uh, extent of the ability that God has blessed me with. Your crew and your shoes can help you either achieve your potential or prevent you from reaching your potential. Now look with me there, 2 Corinthians 6, verse number 14. Paul says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, Paul offered enough contrast that you can't miss this for trying. Paul said, let me be crystal clear. It, wrong and right just don't go together. Uh, you know, you can't go left and right at the same time. You, you can either be with Jesus or against Jesus, but, but be very clear that the God we serve is uh, either you are with me or you are against me, God. So our first takeaway from the text here this morning is be careful of which crews you choose to be part of. And did you know that's always a choice? I always choose which crew I'm a part of. Friends are often chosen for trivial reasons. And I mean across all age groups. Some people choose their friends, and be careful who you call your friend, but some people you know, just because they funny. That's why, well, you know, everybody that can laugh won't leave you laughing in the final analysis. That, that, that's rather a low standard to choose somebody that I'm gonna call a friend just because they can make me laugh. You know, sometimes people choose a friend, and Lord help us, sometimes people choose a companion for life just because they look good. Well, you know, packages can look good on the outside, but when you unwrap them, that don't necessarily mean it's pleasant on the inside. Don't ever choose a crew just by look-like. See, see look-like can be very deceptive. Some people choose friends just because they want to be accepted by others. Well, the only acceptance you need in life is God's. And other than that, you need to use some wisdom and some discernment about trying to be accepted. Paul says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Everyone is not an asset to who you are trying to be or what you are trying to achieve. 
And, and when Paul talks about unequally yoked, he draws from the Old Testament, uh, uh, and it has reference to the idea of uh, pairing incompatible farm animals. You know, uh, all animals aren't the same size. They, they don't all have the same strength. Uh, I, I learned when you're moving, there's certain brothers you can't move furniture with. You know, you, 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 you got some brothers, man, they'll pick up a, a, you know, an armoire or a big old sofa and, and be moving like they're not carrying anything. Well, now, hold on. I look, God, God didn't bless me in the musculature uh, department like that. Now, now, when I pick up something, I need to see where I'm going. I, look, I might need to set it down before we get to where we're going. So, so I got to try to find somebody that I'm equally yoked with. Now, uh, you come in flexing your muscles and talking about, let's knock this out. I, I just have already decided you probably ain't the person I want to carry something with. Well, well, Paul says, as you go through life, be careful who you yoke yourself with. Because uh, to be unequally yoked ultimately works to the detriment of everyone. Now remember, God is always right, and to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And throughout the Bible, we find the, disaster, uh, the disastrous results of being in the wrong crew. If we go back to Genesis 6 again, and you pay attention, uh, uh, Genesis 6, 1 and 2, it says that the sons of God marry the daughters of men. Now, as fantastic as some people would like that to, to, to sound, if I understand what Moses wrote there, what Moses really is saying is that there were godly men who decided to marry some ungodly women. They got involved in the wrong crew. And, and just by coincidence, it, when, when the godly started mixing with the ungodly, just by coincidence, God says that he looked down and saw that every imagination of the thought of men was wicked all the time and decided that he would destroy the world by a flood from whence we get the account of a man we're very familiar with, a man by the name of Noah. Well, well how did that get started? Because the people of God decided to run with a bad crew. When two people don't share the same values or the same purpose or the same goals, they become a detriment to one another's progress. Uh, uh, back in Amos 3, verse number 3, uh, uh, the Lord asked a rhetorical question, can two walk together except they be agreed? In, in order for you and I to stay in the same crew, we're going to have to agree. If we don't agree, we're not going to stay in the same crew. And sometimes it's over trivial things. You know, sports is about as trivial as trivial can get. But if you're not in my crew, I can't watch sports with you. And sports are trivial, but if we're not in the same crew, if you root for the, for, for the opposition, the rival of my team, look, if we're not in the same crew, it's going to be hard for us to watch sports together. Because when your team score a touchdown, after the first look, the game ain't over. But, but, but let your team win and you start gloating. See, we're we not in, no, nah, that's not going to work. We, we got to be in the same crew if we're going to watch something as trivial as sports together. Well, imagine when you apply that to things that really matter, like my, my, my Christian influence and, and my spiritual well-being, trying to make it to heaven. I, I need to find people that are part of the same crew. And despite the protestations of many, we are influenced by those with whom we keep company. Now, I know that because the Holy Spirit said, 1 Corinthians 15, be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. 
You know, it's just folly to talk about I can continually expose myself to evil and it won't have any effect on me. Uh, yes, it will. You ever find yourself just humming a tune sometime? And, and, and you're not even consciously you humming a tune. And you start to why in the world am I humming that? You know, sometimes I, I, you hear jingles to commercials, I don't even know what product they're selling. Yeah, you, you stop and think. It's already starting to affect you. You don't think the people that sell those things know that? That's why they come up with those catchy jingles. I just want to get it in your mind. Now, now, you may not think about it right then, but if I get it in your mind, sooner or later, you'll think about it. If you are trying to graduate, a crew filled with dropouts is counterproductive to your goal. If you're trying to be a faithful Christian, then a crew filled with non-Christians is counterproductive to your goal. And appreciate your crew may need to change as you mature because every crew can't help you get to where you want to be or, or help you accomplish your goals. There is in uh, the city of New York a famous structure, the Empire State Building. According uh, uh, to the source that I checked, it says the Empire State Building has 102 stories and 73 elevators. But now watch this. Like many skyscrapers, it has wings that ascend to different heights. One wing may have 50 floors, while another wing may have more. Elevators in the lower wing cannot take you to the top of the building. Reaching the top floor in a lower wing does not mean you have reached the top floor of the building. To get to the top floor of the building, you may have to change elevators. So sometimes in life, you got to change your crew. Why? Because I'm trying to go higher than this crew can take me. Now, I'm not talking about just kicking folk to the curb and you no more good for me, but, but, but I have to have the wisdom to appreciate that, that my crew has a, a, a bearing on what, what I'll be able to achieve. And appreciate that some people come into your life for a season. Your middle and high school friends may be part of your life for a season, but there may come a time when you need to change elevators. You know, just because you want an elevator don't mean you have to stay there. How high is this one going? Do I want to go higher than that? Everybody doesn't help you achieve every goal that you have. And then looking further there in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, in, in verse number 17, the Bible says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The second takeaway this morning, be careful of the shoes in which you choose to travel. Now, if you know anything about shoes, then you know that all shoes are not made for walking, which is the very thing you would think a shoe would be made for. But some shoes are made to look good, but comfort and practicality or the well-being of the foot may have been a non-factor. Why do you think some people come in the church building and the first thing they do when they sit down is kick their shoes off? And they're like, ooh, child, my feet. See, they, they got on pretty shoes. See, see, they were made for looks. They weren't made for walking. Uh, and, and some shoes, boy, they, look, if you wear them for a while, they'll mess your feet up. Now, now they look good if, you, if all you're doing is taking pictures. Uh, but if you got to do some walking, then that ain't the shoe uh, you want to be wearing. 
The shoe of rebellion or the shoe of disobedience may look stylish, but they won't take you far. In fact, the shoes of rebellion and disobedience will hold you back and impede your progress. And to choose a bad, a bad pair of shoes, rebellion or disobedience, is to choose negative consequences. Uh, in your Bibles, in Proverbs chapter 6, and beginning at verse number 27, uh, we have a word from the wise man there, and he says, Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals, and his feet not be burned? In other words, if I make bad choices, if I choose sin, uh, uh, then I ought not be surprised when I suffer negative consequences. You know, you just can't do wrong and walk away unscathed or unaffected. I have to be wise in the shoes in which I choose to travel. And, and for the Christian, success is not merely measured by achieving the goal. Now, you want to achieve your goals, but success embraces what God blessed me to achieve and how I achieved it. You know, winning is not really winning if I had to cheat to do it. Now, they might give me the prize, but I haven't earned it. But, but from a biblical perspective, 2 Timothy 2, verse 5, Paul says, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. If I understand the Bible is saying, the Bible is saying the end doesn't justify the means. Yeah, I want to make the right end, but I want to get there the right way. I, I want to achieve my goals, but I want to achieve them in a way that's in keeping with the will and word of God and appreciate that the shoes in which one travels helps determine one's des uh, destination. And God calls us not only to be joined to him, but to also be separated from the world. God says, it matters to me which crew you are a part of. It matters to me which shoes you travel in. That's good to learn early in life. You know, young people, you talk to old people sometime, and you'll hear them say something to the effect, if I had known then what I know now. I, maybe, but not necessarily. Because sometimes we did know, we just try to act like we didn't. You know, just because we know better don't always mean we'll do better. I, I would venture to say that most of the wrong we've done, we knew it was wrong before we did it. I don't know that there are too many Pauls walking around that can, can, can say in all sincerity, I've lived in good conscience, uh, 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 you know, until this day. You know, Paul was saying, yeah, I persecuted Christian, but I really thought I was doing the right thing at the time. I don't know how many folk can walk through life and say, yeah, I was doing such and such, but I really thought it was right at the time. You know, even nature can teach you the difference between right and wrong. You know, one good standard, whether or not you, you know whether it's, it's right or wrong, if you got to be sneaky when you're doing it. You don't have to sneak around doing good. Sneaking is what you do when you know your deeds are evil. Now that's Jesus. Jesus said men love darkness because their deeds were evil. If I'm sneaking, there's a good chance at least my conscience believes it's wrong. Paul says be careful of which crew you travel in. And be careful of the shoes that you use when you're traveling. Because it's not just about having destinations. It's about getting there in keeping with the word and will of God. Now, heaven is a destination that a lot of people say they have. But it matters which shoes you travel in. 
You know, God doesn't allow us to choose what we do to serve him. God gives us commands that must be followed if we want to be recipients of his grace and his mercy. God calls us to be reconciled to him by obeying the gospel uh, of Christ Jesus. And we need to hear that good news. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Paul declares that without faith, uh, the Hebrew writer, excuse me, I, you just know I think Paul wrote Hebrews, but I don't well, want to start a debate over that. The Hebrew writer says that it is impossible to please God uh, uh, without faith. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31, we read that repentance is a requirement uh, uh, that God gives. He requires that all men repent, that all be willing to turn from sin, uh, that we be willing to confess faith in Christ Jesus and be baptized in water for the remission of sins. And when we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sins, uh, indwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church. And then thereafter, God says, it matters to me who your crew is and what shoes you travel in. He requires us to live obediently. Uh, not just say I'm a member of the church, but live a life that glorifies me live a life in my service. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.